Chuck Swindoll on Leadership in the Home. Let me tell you something. You show me a man who leads like he ought to lead, I'll show you a woman who is madly in love with that man. If that was her reason for marrying and she wanted that and she's found that, she has found a point of fulfillment and he finds in her such delight, there are not words to describe the ecstasy. Not 100% of the time. No. The fall has impacted us and to this day we still have our arguments. We still have our disagreements. There's a long-standing debate in many homes around the world, and it seems to have escalated in our generation. I'm referring to the matter of striking an appropriate balance of leadership and love between a husband and wife. Welcome to Insight for Living, featuring another message in Chuck Swindoll's study of Ephesians called Becoming a People of Grace. I'm Dave Spiker. On these programs, we're looking at the sensitive fifth chapter of Ephesians, where we find direct counsel from the Apostle Paul. We'll begin with a few minutes of helpful review and highlights before Chuck Swindoll continues the message about the most challenging of all relationships. Be subject to one another. Not talking about male-female, not talking about... Uh, wife, husband, not talking about children, parent, not talking about employee, employer, to one another. The spirit-filled believer, verse 18, is a submissive person. What does that mean? It means with one another in the rank of Christianity, in the family of God, we are not competing with each other. We are not out to get our own way. As men, we do not dominate over women. As women, we do not dominate men. The spirit-filled believer is a submissive follower of Jesus. Just as Jesus, in coming to this earth, as very God, submitted himself to the cross. Are you ready for verse 22? Before you read it, remember there is nothing inferior about the role of submission. It's Christ-like. Wives, hupotasso to your own husbands as to the Lord has nothing to do with inferiority, has everything to do with dignity and equality and unity. In God's order, as he put together a plan for this earth, He has arranged certain roles to be in authority over other roles without for a moment taking away the dignity or worth of the individual. Those roles must be sustained or there is anarchy, confusion, unhappiness, and a breakdown of the spiritual order. Let me say something else here. Equality of worth is not identity of role. You may be as worthy as your husband, and you are, but it doesn't mean you have the role of head. He does. Husbands, you may be as worthy as your wife in God's eyes, but it does not mean that your authority is to be tyrannical, which is the second subject I want to mention. Neither is authority a synonym for tyranny. If you are abusive of your wife, it is not 
right, it is sinful. If you are unfair in your leadership, it is not Christ-like, it is sinful. If you take unfair advantage of your children and expect of them something that God would not expect, that is unfair and it is wrong and it is sinful. It is not authority. The wife who understands God's plan, get this, willingly places herself out of respect for Christ under the authority of her husband. And she does so confident that God will honor that. Now, the key in all of this, ladies, is in the end of verse 22. Look there. Wives, hupotasso your own husbands as to the Lord. This is the manner of your submissive spirit. This has everything to do with attitude. If you will, this is a duty which you owe to the Lord out of respect for him. When my Lord gives me instructions as a pastor to do certain things in my life, it may not come naturally, and it may rake on my nature, and it may not be easy, but out of respect for him, I do what he says. Some chauvinists have misinterpreted this ending and said, Wives, you are to treat your husbands as you treat your Lord. Wait. Wouldn't that be idolatry? Isn't that what Moses meant when he said, through God's leading, there should be no other gods before you? My wife is not to worship me. I assure you she doesn't. My, my, My wife does not sit in reverence of me and pray to me. She does that only with her Lord. I would be most uncomfortable being in a role like that. That's not what as to the Lord means. It means out of respect for your Lord, you fall in rank under the authority that he has established for the home. You model that so that your sons and daughters will learn from the model what that is about. You see, the established authority that comes from God, not People magazine, not the news media, not the nonsense you hear from the government, The established authority is in verse 23, and until you believe this and are ready for it, don't get married. Why am I yelling? (laughs) The husband is the head of the wife as Christ also is the head of the church. How's that for an analogy? As he is head of the church, so God has established the role of the husband to be the head of the wife. There are some days I would love for those roles to be reversed. I'm going to tell you, leading correctly, in my opinion, is a lot harder than following correctly. You talk about responsibility before God. What is a head? A head is the part of the body that gives it direction. And when you press it, When the body does not follow those directions, we have words like paralysis and physical disorder and disability and disease and dysfunction. Our hearts go out to people whose bodies won't cooperate with their heads, to use practical terms. 
And I say to you, when the head is doing the job as he should do, and there is a wife who makes life on earth, hell on earth for her husband, I'm watching dysfunction in action. And my heart goes out to any husband living in that situation. Those are all big situations I set up, by the way, because I have found more often than not, it is the husband who is at fault, not the wife. Though certainly not in every case. I say it's harder to know how to lead as we should, and we'll get to that next time. But as Christ is head of the body, the, the church, so the man is the head of the body. And every time I do a wedding ceremony, I say the word head. I use the word rule. I have less weddings now than I used to have. <laughs> Interesting, while you're laughing, I want to tell you that when I do my research in preparation for a message, I have... On my desk, next to my, uh, on a table next to my desk, about 30 reference works that I regularly consult. I am amazed how many of them dodge and blur this whole passage. I was surprised in turning to one who was fairly conservative, I thought, and found not one mention of the word head or hardly any comment about the man's authority. He's writing out of fear. He's giving up ground. He has no reason to give up. When you've got it in the context, there's nothing to fear. It's God's idea. Or we, we think God's got something out of control going on earth. It's sin that creates it to be out of control. The fall has impacted it so that the man dominates or the woman stands against. And we've got this conflict stuff going on. Whereas if the man has a submissive spirit, a la Ephesians 5, 21, and the woman has a submissive spirit under the control of the spirit, a la Rome, uh, Ephesians 5, 21, and he, she's told she's in this role of responsibility, she fills it and finds delight in it, and he fills it and he finds delight in it. Because uh, he wants to honor her as Christ honors those who follow him. And she wants to honor him as Christ honors those who follow him. And if we haven't said enough, verse 24, as the subject is, as the church is subject to Christ, hupotasso, so also wives ought to be to their own husbands in every thing. I have never seen you people look so grim. <laughs> I understand your thinking, and I commend you. This is not a passage to, to laugh our way through. This is as serious as it gets. This is the most challenging of earthly relationships, and it grates on our nature because we were raised to be selfish by selfish people. We schooled with selfish teachers, and we learned from selfish peers, and we do business with selfish associates and selfish businesses. And I'm going to get my way in this. If I don't, I'll sue you. That's the way we've cut our teeth. And along comes this simple passage of scripture where there are dragons. But there really isn't. Dragons are only the figment of fear and imagination. There's no dragon here. Let me tell you something. You show me a man who leads like he ought to lead, and unless she's terribly sick, I'll show you a woman who is madly in love with that man. If that was her reason for marrying and she wanted that and she's found that, she has found a point of fulfillment. And he finds in her such delight, there are not words to describe the ecstasy. Not 100% of the time. No. 
The fall has impacted us, and to this day, we still have our arguments. We still have our disagreements. But it's never with the plan in mind of walking out. It's walking in. We're going to work this thing through. May I review and then tell you a quick story. Equality of worth does not mean identity of roles. One is not worth more in God's eyes than the other, but one has a role that is to be filled correctly, and the other is to follow that responsibility. There is to be interchange. There is to be relationship. There is to be a dialogue. And if you can't work it through, get help. Get help. There are great Christian counselors. Get help. Go. Submit. Don't fight. Don't argue. Let the hard work begin. Bring your scars. Bring the abuse. Bring the heartbreak. Bring the complaints. Bring your onion. And let it get peeled. And as time passes, it is amazing what the Spirit of God will do under the guidance of a very effective believing counselor who has nothing to gain or lose by what you do with the information you hear. Problem is, in this culture, you're told to give up. There's greener grass on the other side of the fence, and I got news for you, it isn't even edible. Problem is, you gotta take you with you. And you're half or more than half of the problem. So equality of worth does not mean identity of role. Second, authority is not a synonym for tyranny. To be appointed as head in no way gives you the prerogative of taking unfair advantage of those who are under your leadership. No prerogative whatsoever. Did Christ? Did Christ ever command of anyone something that later they looked back and said, you know, that really wasn't fair. That really wasn't right that he did that. If your husband is pushing you to the point of disobedience to God, your answer is no. No. I'm not going there. You take him to the scriptures and show him where you are, there has to be an understanding at that point. Just as Christ loved the church, men were to love her. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself to her, we are to love. Our wife is to love us enough to submit. We are to love her enough to die for her to die for her. Headship is not dictatorship. Leadership that is like Christ starts from the vantage point of love. It operates on the basis of nourishing and cherishing. Sometimes I say to myself, is what I'm expecting of Cynthia nourishing and cherishing? If the answer is no, I usually back away. It usually takes me a little while because I'm proud, but I back away. Also because she has already said I'm not going to do it, so that, that is a little bit of a reminder there. She used to not say that, so she lived miserably looking submissive. Jill Briscoe made a great comment when she said, a man of quality is never threatened by a woman of equality. Takes a very secure man with a humble, submissive spirit to lead as Christ has commanded. Takes a very godly, humble wife to follow as Christ would have her submit.
and therein lies the dragon. My mentor, Ray Stedman, in his book on Ephesians, tells an interesting story. He writes, a woman approached me with an insightful question. Does Ephesians 5, 22 and 23 mean that my submission to my husband is a gauge of the degree to which I am submitted to Christ? Yes. Yes, it's exactly that, said Ray. Her response was even more insightful. Well then, that means that my submission to my husband is not some sort of gift that I give my husband, uh, that, that he should feel indebted to me for. She went even further, thinking out loud, nor should I use my submission to him as a form of manipulation uh, or, or blackmail. I, I can't say to my husband, I've submitted myself to you, now you have to do such and such for me. Nor can I say to God, I've submitted myself to my husband, so you have to produce certain results in my life. And she concluded correctly, no, if I submit to my husband as unto the Lord, I should not care what the results are. That's up to my husband and God. Stedman exclaimed in the book, she got it. She got it. You know why you're grim? Because either you've been hurt or someone you know and love is being hurt. That's why you're grim. My heart goes out to you at this point. It blocks some of you from even hearing the truth. Minefield explosions are happening. And your mind is playing tricks on you. Or you're in a setting that you think is impossible. If you did that, it keeps you from going there. My heart goes out to you. But I'm called to tell the truth. And I sleep real well tonight knowing I've done that. Because it's the truth that's going to set us free. I'd like you to bow your heads and close your eyes and close your Bible. Let's just sit before the Lord here. You know, I haven't really addressed husbands. That's coming our next time. But husbands are hearing some things today that we need to hear. I have a lot more to say later. Maybe you've heard enough to say, you know what, Chuck? <laughs> I'm the problem. I, I'm mainly the problem. I don't love her as Christ loved the church. I, I wouldn't die for her. I live angry at her. Wow, my, stop. Let's start there. And husbands, uh, think biblically. Reason theologically. Wives, mm. you have an eternal relationship with your Lord, and in his sovereign plan, he placed you with this man. Okay? Start there. That's reasoning theologically. Where you go with that, not to stupid extremes, but where you go with that in a balanced way 
could make the whole difference in your attitude. And the only one who has to leave with, uh, with the true statement, there's nothing I can do about what I've heard, are you who don't know Christ, because you don't have the power or the, or the filling of the Spirit to get you through it. You talk about needing the filling of the Spirit. When Cynthia and I went through our stuff, many a night in tears, all I could do was say, Lord, I submit myself to you, to what you want to teach me in this. And I would hear her say similar things and then hold us together. Help us through this. Here we are 45 years and more now along the way because the Lord stayed true to his promises. If you've never met Christ, this is the moment. He pursues you. He loves you with an eternal love. He waits for you to respond to him. Just come to him. Just come to the cross. Give him your life. Start there. Uh, These are... These are not easy things to preach on, Lord, but they need to be said, and they need to be said now, and they need to be said here to these who are hearing them. So thank you for putting all this together in your time so that some who have never heard such things before are hearing them for the first time, and some who have resisted them because of scars and pain and victimization and what they have called such of the past has blocked them from hearing the whole context and concept of submission. Teach me to live my life like Christ lived his, authentic and submissive. Free me from the fears of what people think or someone taking advantage of my honoring them. And Lord, if you can teach me that, do that for others. May you cause your word to take root and to bear fruit in one of life's most challenging relationships in the home. I ask this through Christ, our Savior. Amen. listening to Insight for Living and a message from Chuck Swindoll about the most challenging of all relationships. Today's sermon comes from the series called Becoming a People of Grace. If you'd like to hear more from Chuck on this important subject, he's responded to several questions on marriage and those conversations are online. We've posted video clips for you to view at your leisure. Just go to insight.org. At Insight for Living, we believe nothing is more important than investing in your marriage relationship. And it all starts by understanding what God's Word teaches husbands and wives. This study today represents one very small section of a larger series. And if you'd like to learn more about the book of Ephesians, you'll want to order the 26-part expositional study. It's called Becoming a People of Grace. To place your order, go online to insight.org or call 1-800-772-8888. Well, as you enjoy today's message on marriage, 
Chuck's voice is going out around the country and around the world as well. When you give a donation, you're actually investing in the relationships of couples who hear these biblical principles too, and some of them for the very first time. Chuck? Contrary to what many folks assume, Cynthia and I haven't been sheltered from heartache or disappointment. We are painfully normal, and yet we've made it this far. How could that be true? Because we've discovered from God's Word what it takes to make a marriage work long-term. Cynthia and I have learned that a marriage stays strong only when both people remain committed during the difficult days. You see, it takes two. In many ways, the same is true of ministry. Would you stand with us today with a generous donation? Through the years, our commitment to you has grown stronger as well. But just as a marriage needs two to weather hard times, we need you. The key to survival, remember, is commitment, ours and yours. And here's how you can respond to Chuck Swindoll's request. Call 1-800-772-8888 or write Insight for Living, Box 269000, Plano, Texas 75026. You can also give a donation online at insight.org. We'd love to hear from you today. Call 1-800-772-8888 or write Post Office Box 269000, Plano, Texas, 75026. And online, go to insight.org. More about the most challenging of all relationships next time from Chuck Swindoll on Insight for Living. Insight for Living. 